This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. What up, y'all? I'm Naomi. And I'm Andy. We're a real-life couple and a real-life couple of comedians. You know Naomi from Two Dub Queens and Broad City. And Andy's written for everyone from Pete Holmes to Cedric the Entertainer. Besides our exciting TV credits, we're also the hosts of the comedy podcast Couples Therapy, which features stand-up comedians who are close doing sets together about their relationship. You'll hear from siblings who should not be roommates, married couples who hate each other's moms, and co-hosts who have become co-dependent. Episodes feature everyone from SNL's Sashir Zameda and Nailed It's Nicole Byer to Daily Show correspondents Ronnie Chang and Roy Wood Jr. Not to mention First Wives Club's Michelle Buteau and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's Rachel Bloom. And sometimes we even have guests come into the studio to talk about relationships. Like when Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black came in and I tried to make her my friend. How'd that work out? Not great! I mean, tune in and find out! The Couples Therapy Podcast is like if therapy was funny and you didn't have to pay for it. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Download it on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Reds baseball kicks off today at 540. Reds now eight and a half games out of first. I know it's only May, the middle of May, but I think the next two nights at my ballpark, the great American, are critical to get the Reds back to six and a half. If the Cubs leave town at ten and a half, that's not good. Coming up after uh, one o'clock today is Judge Gary Moore of Boone County about working a, 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 a backhoe with Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, till he got divorced. But uh, Amazon's Jeff Bezos was at CVG, and uh, he was working a piece of equipment, and uh, Gary Moore was helping him do that. And after 2 o'clock today is Lisa Wells on Robert Kraft and uh, sex and day spas and all that. Also later on is Joe Eaton, Buckeye Firearms, about uh, storage of one firearms at home, that kind of stuff. But until then... No person in the tri-state, the nation of the world, can more adequately predict what's going to happen in elections than Al Tukfarber, a living legend, has a newsletter out on a regular basis involved with the University of Cincinnati for a long time. Al Tukfarber, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Al, how are you? I'm good, Bill. How are you? Great afternoon to be an American. Now, uh, let me pr- may I probe your mind? Uh, what there is of it. Okay. Joe Biden is leading the Democratic field. I have thought for a long time that it is likely to be uh, to, to be Bernie Sanders because of the passion he had in the 2016 race, that kind of stuff. So uh, give me your analysis of why is Joe Biden leading the Democratic field? That's pretty straightforward, Bill. The, he's got the, the best name recognition of anybody in the party. He's basically known by everybody in the Democratic Party. He has the afterglow of what the Democrats thought was a good Obama administration. And he has very high favorable ratings uh, throughout the party. He's not the lightning rod that some of the other candidates are. Um, but that, that does not, by any stretch of the imagination, make him the, the, the likely nominee. I, I would give him only one chance in five. Hmm. And I would give, um, I agree with you, Bernie Sanders is, I think, a more likely nominee. And I'll, 
I went back and when when Biden soared at the polls recently, I went back and looked at exactly the same point at, in time in 2015. And at that point, um, in um, May of 2015, Hillary Clinton was leading Bernie Sanders, uh, Sanders 62% to 6%. Wow. And uh, also, uh, in the same time, in the Republican side, Donald Trump wasn't even in the race, wasn't be, was not being polled. You know, it's it's nine months till the first votes. Right. And in fact, in, in 2015, all my insiders told me the deal was done for the Republicans, going to be Jeb Bush as the presidential candidate and John Kasich as the vice president, Florida, Ohio. Everybody knew Jeb Bush, get behind Bush, the train's coming. Jeb Bush didn't didn't make it out of the first month of primaries. And but uh, Joe Biden has never received when he ran for president two other times more than one percent of the vote. That's correct. I mean, he he the the first time he ran in 88, he didn't get to the Iowa caucus. The second time he ran in 2008, which isn't very long ago. Uh, he he got one percent in the Iowa caucuses. Bill Richardson, uh, the unknown governor from New Mexico, uh, beat him four to one. So how in the world then the media wants to appoint Joe Biden the leader of the Democratic Party because the media thinks he's more electable than the others? But I don't buy that. I I you know I might be wrong. You're the expert. I think Bernie Sanders might have beaten Donald Trump in 2016 because of votes, a white, blue-collar white votes in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Well, wouldn't wouldn't have Bernie Sanders had a better shot in 2016 than Hillary? No, I don't think so. Bernie is such a radical. Yeah. And the the, the American people do not understand it. The, the, the Democrats really don't even understand how radical he is. And my evaluation is, is if Bernie Sanders happens to get the nomination, that uh, Trump uh, is 95 percent likely to beat him. In uh, the case of Biden, if Biden does prevail, I, I would give um, Trump 60 percent odds of beating him. Um, Biden, obviously, 40 percent. Not that those aren't votes; those are probabilities. Um, and the. It's really hard to beat any incumbent president, especially if the economy's good. And Joe Biden has all sorts of weaknesses. He's a walking gas machine. <laughs> Sticks his foot in his mouth all the time. He's wishy-washy on the issues in a party that now wants a radical uh, policy positions. He's an old white guy in a party that's now dominated by women and minorities. So it's... it's uh, even if Biden gets the nomination, he's, he's he would have a very hard time beating Trump. And I have a sense, you know, there's people that are 72 that are young and old and whatever. Whenever when I've been around the president, he's vital. He's interested. He's he works 16, 18 hours a day. He campaigns like a 40 year old. When I see Joe Biden, he looks old. Now, I can't imagine him going 14 hour days for months in a row. The guy break down. Well, he has to go. Um 12, 16 hours a day now for 18 months, because that's the that's the, the two battles he's in for the nomination and for the general. And I, I tend to agree with you. I think he is slowing down. And Joe Biden, he has some strengths, which would be his connection to Obama. Ninety five percent of Democrats think Obama did a great job 
And, and we're, we're a couple of years removed from Obama's presidency. He was uh, eight of the last 10 years and three months, four months. We've had uh, Obama and Biden in the White House. I can't think of one significant thing that uh, Obama slash Biden did in those eight years that remain in 2019. And when he was legislatively, he was in the Senate for like 36 or 40 years. I can't think of one thing in the Senate that he did. Well, he pissed off Anita Hill. That's true. Which is which is actually working against him. He voted for the Iraq War, which is working against him being the, the Democratic nominee. Uh, he voted for a very strong criminal justice bill that the uh, the party now hates and reviles. So he, he he did quite a few things that are going to come back to bite him, but he certainly um, the last two polls that came out just yesterday actually show him slowing down a little bit, and uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean it's it's a long long way to go, and the the key thing to watch is the the first Democratic debate that's that's coming up uh, two nights. Uh, I think it's the twenty sixth and twenty seventh of June. And uh, Biden will be the star of one of those, or star both in the sense of being the what the person most interesting to everybody, but also the other nine candidates that will be on the stage with him will all attack him. Now, absolutely. And Joe Biden is, is a pincushion about to get stuck because he does not represent where the Democratic Party is in this election. I, I said to a friend of mine a couple of days ago that if, if Trump had to face someone like uh, Bill Clinton circa 1992 or, or face uh, Obama circa 2008, Trump's done. Uh, I said, but Trump is blessed to have the individuals running against him on the Democratic side. They're, they're in touch with the Democratic primary voter, but they're out of touch with the general election voter. Would you agree? I don't know. I don't know how any of them get elected. Uh, tell me about China, because as an American, I know China's been eating our lunch for a long time. Six, seven hundred billion dollars. They have tariffs that keep American products out. They steal our intellectual property. But then they're very good politically at going after the uh, farmers and others who are Trump voters to make it less likely Trump's going to be reelected. The, the communist Chinese want the Democrat to win next year. The Russians Vladimir Putin wants the Democrat to win next year. And so the Chinese are going after the voters in those key primary states for uh, to hurt Trump. H- how do you see this playing out, Al Tukfarber? How do you see it playing out? Well, understand that the, the general election is 17, 18 months away. Um, the, this trade, this current trade battle is going to be settled by midsummer because Neither President Xi nor President Trump can afford to have an economic slowdown. Trump, for reasons of of the election, of course, uh, which again is a very long way away, and and Xi because his economy is slowing down just because their their economic policies are are no longer working, and. So there's going to be all sorts of weeping and gnashing of teeth, and yes, they're trying to get to the farmers, but those those farmers are not going to end up voting against Trump. Um, the um, the de- there's going to be a deal because neither the Chinese nor the the nor Trump can can afford a full blown war at this point. No, I can't see the Chinese wanting it, and Trump. 
Uh, the election's so far off. No one's going to remember Chinese tariffs in 18 months. It's not going to be an issue relevant. I don't know what if you can tell me how to Farber what's happening in September and October of 2020. I can tell you who's going to win the election. If the economy is great, if America is at peace, if this uh, stock market's at uh, 28,000, Trump's going to get reelected. If, on the other hand, the economy is heading toward a recession, interest rates tick up, then Trump's done. And, and Trump's going to do everything in his power to make the first thing happen and not the second. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. But remember, the Democrats have to pick a nominee, and there's going to be a head-on-head battle of two candidates with both strengths and weaknesses. It's, uh, you know, there are some political science models uh, that, you, like you just described, that predict without looking at the, the, the details of the, the nominees. But, but the, the, the better ones are ones that look at the characteristics of the candidates as well as the economy. And, uh, in fact, I'm going to be talking to you about that later this week. Yeah. And, um, we'll, uh, we, you know, we can go into the details of those some other time. But, but again, remember, it's going to be a battle between Trump and, and Biden or Trump and Sanders or Trump or Boudiag or, you know, one person, one Democrat that's going to come in with lots of strengths and weaknesses, just like Trump has lots. Sure. And, and Trump has difficulties, but he has some strengths that are unbelievable. And I, I've said this to the American people before, that I've been in political rallies since Ronald Reagan. I've never been in rallies that have the strength and the character and the emotion of a Trump rally. It is unbelievable. The devotees, the followers, they really believe. And there's a right now there's an operation underway in the Trump campaign that, that is unprecedented in American history to identify in five states Trump voters to get them to vote. Uh, Republicans tend not to do these things. Democrats do them more often. But there's a war room right now in Wisconsin targeting about thirty to 40,000 Wisconsin voters that are not yet registered to vote, that are likely to vote for Trump, that are being identified. And that turnout model that worked in 2016, not well covered by the media, is on steroids for 2020. And when you have the passion that I see at these rallies, that will communicate itself to the ballot box for Trump. Yeah, and that's being funded with $250 million from an outside group. And it's, it's, it's a massive operation. And understand also, Bill, that the American electorate is shifting, especially in the Great Lakes states. And it's shifting Republican. And you can look at it over the last 20 years. And that is something that, that almost no analysts have been talking about. I've been writing about it for a couple of years since the election, 
And it's, that shift just continues underway. And I'll, I'll make a prediction now that Trump will carry Minnesota oh. in 2020. Well, if Trump carries Minnesota, he, you know, he's got to win Ohio and Florida and either uh, Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin or Minnesota. And if he does that, he wins. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. And if he carries them all, it's going to be an electoral landslide like it was the last time. But, well, it's, it's, you know, if Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee, it will be a landslide. Is Ohio out of reach for Democrats now, do you think? Basically, yes. Ohio is now a red state. That doesn't mean that they can't ever win it, but Ohio will not be the key battleground state uh, this next election. The, the battlegrounds are going to be Florida, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, like you said. That's it. If he, he, he needs to win Florida, Ohio, then he needs to win one of those other states, and that's 274 electoral votes, and he wins. If he wins them all, and I think if he wins Ohio, by eight, nine percentage points like he did the last time. He then wins Michigan, Pennsylvania. He wins Wisconsin and maybe Minnesota. And then it's the same result as last. Especially, see, see, Bernie Sanders has not been well vetted by the national media. And the average voter doesn't know his history and what he believes when he wants to transform the American economy from capitalism. And then, of course, socialism is the intermediate state before communism. We're not ready for capital. We're not ready for communism. We're not ready for socialism, I don't think. No, I totally agree. And again, like you just said, not well known. No, he's not well known. All right. Al Tukfarber, how do the American people get a hold of you if they want to get on your newsletter or something like that? It's TukfarberReport.com. It's T-U-C-H-F-A-R-B-E-R Report.com. I'll be with you on Friday night with some social matters, and I'd like to get you on toward the end of the year again to see what's going on. Sounds great. Al Tukfarber, you're a great American. Well, let's continue with more. The line becomes available, 749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. By the way, Al Tukfarber was on the AcuteHearingCenter.com hotline, and that guy knows where the bodies are buried. Later on is Joe Eaton, Buckeye Firearms. Also later on is Lisa Wells about what happens inside Asian day spas and the men who love them, like Thomas on the EBN Morning Show. So let's continue with more. 24 minutes after the hour, Bill Cunningham, the great American, live at Rome of the Reds. News Radio 700, WL Purchase. So yesterday, about 5 o'clock, I'm in my modified palatial estate, looking at my fish pond out my windows, and all of a sudden, a familiar face pops up on Channel 9. Alex Cedillo. And, I, and I'm on the phone, and I said, wait a minute. And I looked up, and that's Alex. For many years, the Cedillos lived literally next door to my son, Evan, Jenny, and my two beautiful grandkids. And next to them were the Millers, and they had three kids. So the Cedillos, they have five. Ten feet away, the next house, Cape Cod type house, is my my family, uh, with two kids. Next to them are the Millers with three. So there were ten kids about the same age living in back to, uh, they lived next door to each other on Jeweler in Madeira. And those ten kids, uh, for five or six years, the three houses were together, were like running in and out of the houses together. They played games of tag, where the Sedillos would chase the Cunninghams, and the Cunninghams would chase the Millers, and the Millers would go into the Cunningham house, and the Cunningham house go in the Sedillos. And uh, from that, I, I met Alex and his four brothers, and uh, Alex Sedillo. I took him to Kemble Country Club with me a few times to play golf and went out to the web, the Liberty Township, 
And that's just a, a group of 10 kids about the same age, about seven, eight years apart. They just ran around. There were eight boys and two girls, and the Sedillos were right there. And I know Derek Sedillo, the father, is a good guy, and he was a Little League baseball coach. The Sedillos uh, really uh, been a, in, in Madeira now for, I don't know, 15 years or so, 20 years. And Nancy, who's a wonderful mother, is, uh, works for Madeira Schools. They had a vigil this morning at 8 o'clock in the morning at uh, St. Gertrude's in Madeira. And Alex Sedillo is the boy missing right now since 10 o'clock or so. It might have been Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, missing somewhere in Indian Hill. And Penny and I, we went out last night just, you know, I've known. I've lost track of the Sedillos last five or six years when my son and daughter-in-law and grandkids moved out of that Jeweler Avenue and they moved somewhere else in Madeira. But I, I, if you know one Sedella, you know them all because they, they all look exactly the same. And there's not a better family in the tri-state than the Sedillos as far as giving time and their talents and treasure to Madeira schools and St. Gertrude's and all the rest. They're just a wonderful family. And when I, that picture popped up at 5 o'clock yesterday, I, said, I was on I said, what? Alex. That's Alex who slept in my home. That's Alex who... Uh, Took out to KCC. That's Alex. I went to the web, went to other kids' locations when uh, all the three of those families live right back next to each other. And the houses on Jeweler are probably uh, 10 feet apart. So it was like, oh, my God, you had 10 kids going nuts every summer. And it was wonderful. And it is with deep sadness that, that I learned that Alex Cedillo is, uh, is missing. He's five foot eight. Weighs 155 pounds. We have his photo on our website. It's all over the place. God only knows where they are, and I pray to God there's some moment here that that uh, today or tomorrow that this pain, this unspeakable pain, can can leave uh, uh, Derek and and uh, the rest of the family, and and uh, of course Nancy Sedillo. And I I just I could not imagine as a parent or a grandparent what it must be like to have a child missing. I guess statistically there's one to 200 children every year that simply, and, and you know, when they say nine, uh, an adult, uh, I don't picture Alex Sedillo as an adult. I picture him as a nine, 10, 11 year old boy, just, just, just a wonderful, bright kid to be around fun, loving. That's the Sedillo family is so special. I could not imagine the pain of having a child missing for now three days. And without a trace, according to law enforcement, that's it's without a trace. Whitaker Park, I drive by that lots of times on Drake Road. It's a wonderful little park. It's got a little nature trail. You can park your car there and just walk, I don't know how many miles, three, four miles through the woods. It's wonderful. And, and Alex, the kind of kid that would like to park his car and go into the nature and just kind of enjoy himself. And, and what a great family. No better family in Madeira than the Sedillos. And to have this strike them like this, I pray to God there's something. I can't imagine what it would be that would cause Alex. He was working part-time, also going to school at the University of Cincinnati, 19 years old, graduated from Madeira last year. And uh, I, I, I have lost track of him, as I said, the last five or six years. But the kid I knew was just a wonderful person to be around. So I pray to God that there's something developing, something's going to happen at some point, and that Alex Sedillo will be returned to his brothers and to his father, Derek, and his mother, Nancy. And I just, I, I don't know what it might be because his car 
he, he seemingly he drove his car to the Whitaker Park area. And that's where the car was found. And, and his person is missing. Just and it's not like Alex, who's a responsible kid, no mental health issues, no drugs, no alcohol, simply a working guy, 19 years old, just fun. All of a sudden he's evaporates, gone. And so if the keys are, were left with the car, one might say, you know, he walked away. If the keys are not in the car, and this is a law enforcement matter, if they're not in the car, that means something else could occur. If the keys are in the car, maybe somebody picked them up. But if someone picks them up, don't you almost always take the keys to the car with you? Don't you? Someone picking you up. Yeah. And uh, they have a cell phone. They're going through that. And, of course, that pings in various locations. So I pray to God this is a some sort of mental thing temporarily and that Alex is just out with some friends somewhere, maybe. But it, it's not like Alex with school still going on. Is school still going on at UC, Matt? He's not sure. I don't know. It, it would not be like him at all to shirk his responsibilities and simply not show up for work and simply not go to school and simply leave. That, that's not Alex Sedillo. That's not the Sedillo family. But his picture's everywhere. Slight build, 5'8", 150, 5'8", 150 pounds, 19 years old, uh, dark hair, short, uh, cut short, and just a solid guy. And, and the fact he would simply evaporate is a parent's worst nightmare. It could not be worse for that family and what they're going to do. Um, I just got a text from someone. They found his car at Redbird Hollow at the bottom of Given Road. And uh, this is... I don't want to share with who it's from. They found his car down at Redbird Hollow at the bottom of Given Road. This station keeps saying Wicker Park, actually Whitaker. It's actually Redbird Hollow, but they do feel he is he he was in the Drake Given area. So if you go down Given Road, go up Shawnee Run, turn it right on. You go Given goes left or right, turn right on Given. Given kind of goes down the hill toward Terrace Park. And I've not been to Redbird Hollow. I Man, I got to check it out. I guess it's beautiful. But they found his car there. But for some reason, law enforcement is focusing in the uh, Whitaker Park area and also in and around Given and uh, Drake Road. Maybe there was a pinging of a cell phone. Something of that character would have happened. But uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, I pray to God it is something just unusual. Just uh, I can't imagine what it would be because I, Alex would not put his four brothers and his mom and dad and the community through this voluntarily. So something happened. And I pray to God that in the next few days, the pain of this family is lessened and uh, that Alex can be found. He has slept in my home. And uh, when my grandkids were at the same age and he was a couple years older, but uh, just a wonderful kid. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on. Watching the Reds game last night. Uh, they have nobody on. I'm a former manager and, of course, a great baseball player myself. Of course, analytics controls everything in baseball. So you have like a seventh, eighth place hitter comes up, and they put four outfielders out there, which I think is stupid. And then they put three infielders on the right side, leaving the left side of the infield completely completely unprotected. And, of course, what does the batter do? He lie, lays down a bunt, gets the first, and another ground ball single. Then the pitcher comes up, Hendricks, who's batting .091. Just a little bit lower than Joey Votto, I might add. And he gets a uh, wallops one to 
center field. It's a double, a two-run score, and the Reds lose. Uh, analytics, I, I know it's important, but I can't figure out why it makes sense to have nobody on the left side of the infield. Zero. If you want to put three on the right side of the infield, then keep the third baseman there, which takes away the bunt possibility. Then you use the defense properly. But when you simply vacate the left side of the field and say, just lay a bunt down there and walk to first or second, I don't get it. I don't understand it. That's wrong. It's got to stop. The Reds lost this game. They're now eight and a half games out of first. If the Cubs leave town on Thursday evening and the Reds are ten and a half games out of first, even Matt Steinman says, that's it. Ten and a half games out in last place, four teams in front of you. If the Reds win the next two games, they're only six and a half, six and a half games out. And if you take away the eight games they lost to begin the season, take away those eight, they're two and a half games in first place. It makes sense. I'm making sense, aren't I? As much sense as I'm making when they put four outfielders and put three infielders and say, go ahead and butt the ball down the left field line, down to third base. You could walk to first, maybe get to second. That is stupid. That is really stupid. Don't tell me about analytics. The Reds lost the game because of analytics. Enough is enough. And secondly, I have coming up at 105 today, uh, Joe Eaton of Buckeye Firearms. Whenever you talk to a Republican or a conservative about abortion, certainly the walls go up and often reason leaves the room. When you talk to a Democrat about guns, the same thing happens, but it's worse. I'm watching Jim Scudo this morning, Scudo with uh, CNN, and there was a Republican lawmaker on. Somehow he was there to talk about uh, China, but of course CNN has this agenda thinking that, uh, that the Second Amendment should not exist and that uh, those of us that have guns are somehow crazed, mentally ill individuals. And, and it came up whether or not, whether guns should be in school because Jim Scudo asked a question because this Republican lawmaker from Louisiana had twice voted against some sort of act or law that would have made it more difficult for individuals to buy guns. And Scudo made the point that he had a first grader. And the idea of a teacher with a six-gun on both hips walking around the first-grade classroom is something he just doesn't know. Of course, you want to say the most extreme, ridiculous thing you can to make no sense. So the Republican lawmaker said, look, there are many areas of America, especially rural areas, in which there's not police around. And that the first thing we do when a shot is fired in and around a school, somebody dials 911. And please, they say, come here with a gun because somebody else has a gun. We want guns to come here. When every now and then I go to Fifth Third Bank, the one in Madeira doesn't have it. But I've been in banks where there's armed security guards protecting money. Why not have armed security guards protecting children? And it's not done with a six shooter on each hip. It's done by a small safe about the size of a bread basket with a digital numeric code on the front or a fingerprint on the front. And it might put it in four or five or six different locations, four or five different safes with a uh, 357 or a 38 or something of that character inside the safe. The only person to get inside the safe would be a teacher with the fingerprint or with the numeric code. No one else can get in. No one's walking around the school with a gun visible on the hip. It doesn't work that way. 
It's actually you got to go somewhere. Could be in a classroom, could be in a hallway or whatever. You hit the code, and certain trained individuals have access to the gun to stave off the perpetrator who's mentally ill until the police arrive. Is it so difficult for CNN to understand? What in the hell is wrong with that? I would want that for my kids, wouldn't you? And the idea that guns don't, you you can't pass a law that says guns can't be in school and anticipate that's ever going to happen because the bad guys, the mentally ill, they want the guns and they want to kill people. And so the media has its agenda, which is to disarm the American public to make sure only the government and criminals have guns. That's what CNN wants. There's 310 million guns in the country. There's 110 gun owners. And 99.999% of the time, nothing bad happens. A gun is an inanimate metal object that can't do a damn thing until a perpetrator or a good person does something. And so the idea that we have to pass laws that criminalize private gun sales or conveyances is stupid. Universal background checks mean criminalization of private gun sales to lock people up. In my life, quite often, I've either traded or given a gun to a friend or family member and vice versa. That doesn't mean I have to have a background check if my son and I share a weapon. According to the Democrats, each of us have to have a background check, then registration of the gun, and then licensing of the gun, and then uh, every year fees to keep the gun, and then bullets have costs associated with it. The only places in America that are the most violent are the ones that are gun-free zones. Happens Washington, D.C., Chicago, Memphis, Los Angeles. They're the violent places in this country. And they're gun-free zones because only the criminals have the guns. It's more difficult to have a law-abiding citizen than to have a gun. And so certain issues like the Second Amendment drive Democrats crazy. So one of those, just mention guns. Universal background checks equal criminalization of private gun sales. That is not what we want. There's already a large government registration when you buy most of the guns that are purchased. There's a waiting period till you're checked out, then you get the gun. Criminals don't pay attention to that law. They couldn't care less. And so this morning watching CNN, I said, that's it. This is stupid. The most absurd left-wing comments are made to justify the seizure of private weapons from individuals, much like is happening in Ohio, we have two Democratic lawmakers, Representative Kelly and another woman from Forest Park, who says that we have to pass a law that says if you have a gun in a home with a juvenile under the age of 18, it must be in a safe or be locked up. We already have laws called contributing to the delinquency of the minor and others that if somehow the juvenile gets your gun and does something wrong, you can be criminally charged with not storing the gun properly presently. But that's not enough. No, no. The Democrats want to make it a felony. They want to put you in Marysville or Lucasville for doing it. And uh, it is with great sadness that, uh, according to our news department, that uh, very sad Alex Cedillo's body has been found in a wooded area with deep sadness. And I'll say a prayer for him and his wonderful family. This was the fear that we had that. They were looking in certain areas because of certain reasons, and I don't know what they are, but it's uh, with deep sadness that I report that Alex Cedillo, his body's been located in the woods. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, 700 WLW. 
Uh, Billy Cunningham, the great American, welcome this glorious, gorgeous Wednesday afternoon in the Tri-State Reds baseball. Kicks off at 540 this afternoon. The Reds lost last night when they need not to have lost. That one play, uh, four outfielders, three infielders on the right side. What the hell? Play baseball. Play baseball. At least put a third baseman there so somebody can't bunt. That sparked the two-out rally that cost the Reds the game. But until then, a pair of Ohio lawmakers from the Tri-State introduced a bill in the Ohio House requiring gun owners like you and I to keep firearms in, quote, safe storage equipped with a tamper-resistant lock if kids are present in the home. State Representative Bridget Kelly, who's a future star of the Democratic Party, they tell me, got to meet her at some point, Bridget Kelly, and State Representative Jessica Miranda of Forest Park introduced a bill that would require everyone having a gun in their home to have a tamper-resistant lock or uh, a safe of one type or another. Joining me now, someone with interest in this, is Joe Eaton of Buckeye uh, Firearms Association. Joe Eaton, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Joe, how are you? I'm doing good today. How are you today? Now, according to, uh, I want to give you some of the facts from the left-wingers. Are you ready for these facts? I certainly am. A twenty eight facts. A twenty a facts. A twenty eighteen study from the Gifford Law Center found that four point six million minors live in US homes with at least one loaded, unlocked firearm. That's four point six million minors. You can probably cut that number in half in reality. And uh, Ohio law requires federally licensed firearm dealers to offer the sale of a trigger offer, a gun lock or a gun. Well, why is it a not a good idea to have a state law requiring all gun owners with a kid present in the home? They have a safe or a lock on the gun. Why is that a bad idea? Well, I think you have to look at each individual situation. Uh, there are lots of households where the children are part of the shooting sports community and are, you know, mature enough to to be around unsecured firearms. Uh, of course, you always have to take into account friends and other ones that, that are around. But, you know, again, having one blanket, uh, one blanket law to fit all situations is always troublesome especially if that law tends to make uh, make criminals out of out of people who who are not having criminal intent. And not just criminals, Joe. The, the, these Democrats want to make it a felony to put you in Lucasville or Marysville if you're a legal gun owner and maybe you have your gun in a drawer, which I think is a bad idea. You shouldn't do it. You shouldn't have your loaded gun under the bed. Maybe you should do I don't know. I have mine in a safe with my fingerprints on it, that I have to put my, my fingers down in order to operate the darn thing and open it up, then I'm ready to go. But but the Gifford Law Center found that 65% of school shooting cases, the attacker used a firearm kept at home or in the home of a relative. Now, I don't know if that's true either, but it might be. The most recent shooting in Colorado, uh, the uh, transgender person that did it and also the illegal alien 18-year-old that did it got got the gun from one of their homes, they broke into a locker somehow and got the gun to do it. And so, yes, it might save a few lives, but at what cost? And the other thing that would upset me is how do you enforce this? How do you go into Tony Bender's home without a warrant and say you have an unlocked gun uh, in your home and you got a 17-year-old boy that lives here? We're going to arrest you. We're going to convict you and put you in prison for a felony. How would you, how would you enforce this kind of a thing? Well, that's just it. You couldn't, uh, you know... The, the side that is pushing this type of changes would say, well, it would be enforced after there was a problem. Well, you know, that does not correct the problem. And also, current Ohio law already provides for the charging of an adult who is reckless and leaves a firearm 
accessible to children or untrained people. And we see this quite often when there are uh, situations where a child or someone gets access to a firearm and even times when they injure themselves or others, the parents can and are charged here in the state of Ohio with child endangerment and uh, other areas of the law that are already in place that can handle these type of situations. So, Joe, because it, you're right. if, you can't look at it ahead you, of time. You can't. If someone is completely irresponsible, and let's say they have a loaded 38 snub-nosed revolver, Smith & Wesson, sitting on a kitchen table, loaded, and there's seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids in your house running around, and if somebody picks up that gun and hurts somebody, we have various statutes, criminal statutes now, that hold you accountable for that behavior, Correct. That's exactly right, and that's what we should look at is the totality of each situation. But on the flip side, we also, as, as gun owners, we have to be out there encouraging all of our friends and family and neighbors to safely store their firearms sure. because that's the correct and responsible thing to do. If someone is single, living at home, and children are rarely, if ever, present in your home, and many Americans live that way. I have friends, I have male friends who live alone, and kids are never in their home. And if that person in their bedroom upstairs wants to have a loaded gun in their mattress, what's wrong with that? Uh, you're right. In each individual situation is what we have to evaluate. And, you know, when there are these unfortunate accidents out there, which are extremely, extremely rare, you know, the police have the ability to look at the situation and find out whether or not there was any endangerment to the child or if anybody was at fault at this situation. And do you oppose that child endangerment law? I do not. As a gun owner and a concealed carry permit holder, uh, been a member of the NRA, if somebody does what I said previously, which is have the gun on the kitchen table and kids are running around, I want that person charged if that gun is used to hurt somebody. On the other hand, I don't want to have someone charged a few weeks or a few days later for the felony if someone in your home or indirectly uses your gun against your wishes when it was properly stored and it was, you thought protected, take the gun out and hurt somebody. I, I don't want that person to become a felony. And, there, and the middle ground is we already have statutes that allow a person to be charged if that happens. And, Joe Eaton, you don't think about such things, but there's civil aspects. For example, civilly. If someone uses a gun that's your gun to cause harm to someone else, in addition to a possible criminal violation, which is contributing to delinquency of a minor or something of that character, you also have the ability, the wrongful party's family or the party heart, they can sue the person civilly and take away their home. That That's the present law. So if Joe Eaton has a gun improperly stored and someone gets your gun and goes shoot somebody, and that person lives and they're in a wheelchair the rest of their life, the innocent party that is hurt can sue Joe Eaton and take away, garnish your wages, take away your home, do whatever, correct? That's right. And I would encourage the people that are, you know, on the anti-gun side, you know, join us in the American Academy of Pediatrics here in Ohio in our Store It Safe program. Uh, we have partnered with them for over two years to provide information and safe storage safes to pediatric doctors throughout the state of Ohio. So. They can interact with their gun-owning families and provide them with good information and safe storage options so that we keep the kids safe and we encourage the responsible ownership and handling and storage of firearms. That's the correct way to do this. Let's get out ahead of it, and let's not further demonize law-abiding gun owners by trying to make them into felons. There's about 110 million law-abiding gun owners in America. Never let a crisis go to waste. By that I mean... 
Never let a crisis go to waste. By that I mean what we have then is a circumstance where something terrible happens in Colorado with this most recent shooting about three or four days ago. And when that happened, you can anticipate that the anti-gun activist, anti-Second Amendment, anti-constitutional activist would use that as an agenda to advance something that has nothing to do with the crime that was committed. It's irrelevant to, to, to what actually occurred. But do you find you fight that on a regular basis? Uh, we do. It is always they want to go 100 percent instead of looking at each situation. I will say the encouraging thing at the STEM shooting in, in Colorado is the media is finally getting it. We are seeing the heroes, the young man who sacrificed his life to help keep his other schoolmates safe mentioned in all the stories, and we are not making the killers famous. And that's, that is a huge change that we have supported for years through our Stop Making Killers Famous campaign. We have got to stop giving these disturbed people the notoriety and the, and the famous – and the ability to be famous that they're seeking. Uh, let's, uh, let's put out there the good people who are doing everything they can to stop these situations, and let's hold them up as the heroes. Well, Joe Eaton, what, what this means is that mental health is the issue in every one of these school shootings. No one in possession of their mental faculties – acting in a reasonable fashion, attacks a grade school or a high school. No no one except those suffering from mental illness do this. So, therefore, mental illness is the problem. But it's politically incorrect to go after those with mental challenges because that stigmatizes a whole group of people. We'd rather go after Second Amendment issues that are conservatives. And so instead of talking about the real cause of school shootings, which is mental illness, it's not a lack of protections under the Second Amendment, completely irrelevant. It'd be like talking about abortion when it comes to a school shooting, like that person should have been aborted. So, so what? It doesn't make any sense. It's unrelated. It, it, has there ever been a school shooting caused by a sane person? I, I would think that anybody who argues that there has would be way off base because the fact that you're committing that type of violence against anybody is not a sane, sane motivation. Um, you know, there are lots of things schools can do ahead of time to get ahead of this. Sure. They need ways of heading these off, uh, and that's part of the tip lines and the counseling programs and looking for changes in behavior and personality because that's how these are handled. But then we need to follow up and get these people the help they need before they circle around to the to the violence, and that's that's where we seem to lose track. And lastly, I'll say this. I'm watching CNN this morning with Jim Scudo, who actually got visibly angry at someone who said, that teachers should have the ability to defend themselves and teachers should be armed if they want to be armed and properly trained. And Jim Scudo and CNN got visibly upset because he has children in grade school. And he said, it is ridiculous that my son's first grade teacher is going to walk around the classroom with a gun. That is a ridiculous, stupid comment. Nobody is proposing that a teacher put a six gun on his or her hip and walk around. What it is is that there will be a small safe available in certain areas of the school in which only the fingerprints of the teacher and or a numerical code opens up the safe. Then the safe is available with a weapon to defend the students. But when, when, I, hear, when I hear those from the, the Gifford Law Center or the Brady Group or other groups make ridiculous, stupid comments, it demonstrates their ignorance of the subject matter. You're not proposing, and I'm not proposing, that teachers in the first grade have six shooters on each of their hips, 
I am saying that if in several locations in a school, three or four or five different locations, with a small gun safe that is properly stored, that you can't pick it up, that it's screwed into an area, into a closet, and that the only person that can op- uh, open that safe would be three or four or five either uh, maybe janitors, maybe security personnel, maybe a school teacher, whatever, has quick access to a gun. That's what you and I are talking about. We're not talking about guns in school because the first time there's a school shooting, 911 call is made, and they say to law enforcement, get a gun here as soon as possible. Somebody is shooting. Get a good guy with a gun here immediately. And so when I see Jim Scudo at CNN and others get all exercised about how ridiculous it is that people like you want teachers to walk around classes with six guns, that is absurd. Yeah, it shows how totally uninformed he is. I mean, our our nonprofit program, Faster Saves Lives, we have already trained over 2,600 school staff from 260 different school districts to have the ability to respond to these type of violent events with firearms to, number one, stop the killing as soon as possible, and then with the medical tools and training to stop the bleeding and stop the dying. And, you know, some of the schools do choose to have the secured safe. Uh, Other schools, the staff have the ability to carry them with them throughout the day, just like they do every other hour of the day because they're already concealed handgun license holders, and they carry that firearm with them in public to keep themselves and their families safe every other hour of the day except for when they're in the schools with our most precious children. And that's not much of a stretch to say I'm doing this every other hour of the day and through the weekends. Please let me do this while I'm in the school with these kids that they love so much. In a non-visible location, and it's really odd that we have armed security guards to protect money. We don't have armed security guards to protect children. That's right. Look at the Secret Service. They have access to any uh, They have access to any process they want. They have an unlimited budget. And how is it that they choose to protect the children of of our congressmen and our diplomats? They have armed people in the schools. And that's the same process that schools are adopting themselves. They're choosing the people. They're setting the training levels. They're holding them to the qualification standards that they want. While nothing's 100 percent, that eliminates a lot of variables, and schools know where they're starting. Well, it's just people get so emotional. They get so emotional, they get stupid. When emotions enter the room, reason often leaves. And so when some people talk about abortion from a liberal perspective, they go crazy. And people talk about uh, Second Amendment rights to a liberal, and they go crazy. It's like, wait a minute. How in the world do we protect money with guns, but we do not protect children with the same weapons? And it's, it's just flabbergasting to me how we put our children at risk because of political incorrectness. Well, Joe Eaton, we got to go. What's your website, if any? Uh, they can visit BuckeyeFirearms.org or the FasterSavesLives.org website. Joe Eaton, you're a great American. Thanks for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you very much. Continue with more. Once again, Reds baseball kicks off uh, today about 540. It's Rome of the Reds, News Radio 700.com. Madeira Police announced about uh, 45 minutes ago that the body of Alex Cedillo was found in a wooded area near a creek. His body was found about 10.30 a.m. in the woods. The coroner was called. He was found about 300 feet from a hiking trail in a, in a creek area. Dr. Lasky Samarco said they're not looking at Cidillo's death as a homicide. She said, we cannot rule out an accidental shooting, although they believe a gunshot wound was self-inflicted. So we'll see how this develops over the next uh, few days. 
as as you know, I, I'm uh, I've been friendly with the Sedillo family. They have five boys. Alex was number three of the five. He uh, his dad is a loving father. Derek, his mother, Nancy Sedillo, Sedillo is about the best there is. And uh, they lived directly next door to my family for many years. And my grandchildren and Alex and and Nick and uh, Michael and other Sedillos always played together. Alex Sedillo has been in my home many times. And uh, I've lost track of him the last five or six years because my son and daughter-in-law and grandkids moved away from Jeweler. And they moved to another part of Madeira about five or six years ago. But there's no better family in Madeira than the Sedillo family. To have this happen to them is... It's awful, and I just pray that Alex can, can find peace in the arms of God Almighty. And um, we'll have more on this as events unfold over today and tomorrow. I'm going to call the coroner tomorrow to see if she'll come on, not to talk about the circumstances, but just in general, why so many of our youth, especially teenage boys, are taking their lives with guns. And when girls take their lives, tend to be with pills and cutting. But... Uh, there is a deep sadness in the tri-state. Alex Sedillo is dead at the age of 19. Let's continue with more. One thirty, the home of your Reds, playing today starting at 540 on News Radio 700 WLW. Just in town, only at UDF. Linker back in again, drops the bat head down on the plate. Now the pitch. Swing and a bouncing ball to the right side. Loved by Russell, on to first, and that's all. Reds fall final score, 3-1. to one. Cubs take the series opener tonight at Great American Ballpark. Hello. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. 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 Huh, huh. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Go for you, bonehead. Sig, I know your buddy Lance McAllister and also Kid Chris is in all this analytics bull crap, <laughs> but but I'm watching. He don't even know what that. What you know what that is? Kid Chris, you know what analytics are? Yes, I look at my social media analytics. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Whether they got anything on or not is that analytics? Excuse yeah, me. See how awesome I am at it. Excuse me. Yeah. They got some lousy seventh place Cubs hitter up there. What's his name? <laughs> uh, let's see. That would be uh, uh, Daniel Descalzo. All right. They put four outfielders for some reason. They take three infielders on the right side of the infield. They leave nobody at shortstop or third base. They got the pitcher, the catcher, three on the right side, four in the outfield. He lays down a bunt down the third base side. Doesn't even be in the line, just in that direction. He walks to first base. Two batters later, Kendricks, Hendricks, hits Hendricks the, hits the hits dog the, do out, and of they one lose the because of, of analytics. Sandel. I mean, it, when Hendricks I, was three for four last night. That's pay impossible. They, they need to pay attention. They need to wake up. They need to wake up. I think analytics. Listen to you more. That's what yeah, it is, right. you know? Analytics suck. I don't want to hear any more about analytics. Analytics. It's all part it, of life. It cost them the game. What about your analytics on your social media? You got that? Yeah, I do. Awesome. Kid Chris what about on the Twitter. Two Ds on some of your shows. You don't follow me on Twitter. I'm very upset. I don't follow anybody. You follow Rachel. That's it. I follow Rachel. That's it. Follow me. Seg, what was the launch angle and the exit velocity? That's, that's the on key. On what? On Joey Votto's home run. Well, Lance. I have no idea. It was this, a home run. It went over the wall. That was it the, the athletics. The athletics are all about analytics. Analytics, right? not the athletics. No, I know, but the they're athletics in were. They're right, in Oakland. I know, but, uh, By the way, how are Money they doing? Ball. Moneyball was yeah, all. How's Moneyball doing? That's a great movie. Well, how's the team doing? They beat us. He's got a point. <laughs> But everybody beats us, so it don't almost, make any difference. You know what? They almost had no hit again last night for the second for the second time in a week. 
Kyle Hendricks was rolling last night. I think I could hit him. 85 miles an hour down the middle of the plate, and they, they must have holes in their bats. They, they <laughs> Maybe swing. that's what it is. Maybe I, that's the problem. Hey, Joey Votto hit a homer. What yeah. was the exit velocity and the launch angle? That's, a, uh, that's went, the key. It, it went over the fence. That's it. But Lance went nuts the other, last The other night. two hits were uh, came at the uh, fifth inning. Iglesias and um, uh, Iglesias, uh, they, had two hit, they had two singles in the fifth inning, and that was it. Hendricks, the pitcher, who was batting 0-9-1, similar to Votto, had three hits. Well, now he's probably leading the league in hitting. I can't take it anymore. Why do you spend so much time talking about this? It angers me greatly. Yeah, but... That's why it, it, when he gets angered, he loves that. I love that. I get angry at analytics. And analytics David, and the Democrats. But more people are listening. Democrats. Don't more people are listening to you right now at this moment than that will be in attendance at the entire uh, season of the game. I know it's insane. sixteen thousand eight hundred last night. Yeah, right. And half for Cubs fans. Well, yeah, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Sick. Heating and air conditioning Sick. dealers. Analytics. Analytics. Tempstar. Quality you can feel in beautiful Milford, the Analytics. home of one main gallery. Soon to open in the Dominican Republic, we hear. Call Baker Heating really? at 831-5124. Because of that, massaging what? is legal there. How That's about why. this? I, I got Lisa Wells coming up after 2 o'clock. Oh, oh so hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she told me off the air that she gets naked all the time getting a massage. Wow. And if she went to a massage parlor in which they were videoing guys getting yeah. oral pleasure at the hands of these 61-year-old Chinese women. Hey, whatever. She would <laughs> no teeth. She she would be offended that having <clears throat> Oh, being videotaped without knowing. Yes, and all the cops are looking at her Get naked. Get that on the blog. Get that on the blog. I would love. What if Rachel? <laughs> what if Rachel went there to a spa? Ooh. Ooh, You're get, talking about, well, I can comment on Lisa because she's not an employee. So, yes. yeah, I would love to see that. Rachel's not here. She can, She's in Michigan. So she, Was she, she an employee, though? Not really. Okay. No, yeah. you, well, you talk to what her. I would do. She, she's out of the state. You okay. can do whatever yes. you want. Right. Out of the area code, it's all good. It's good. That's what you tell your wife, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. I'm out of the area. I'll be code. in Columbus all weekend, by the way. I ran into your poor <laughs> wife walking up the hallway. Yeah. She goes through so much with you. It's like re- what? She tells me. Like what? Can't say. Give me an example of Can't bills say. being yeah. paid, a roof over her head. Oh, yeah, all that. She makes more money than you make. Yeah. That's what she told me. Well, because she has clients that, that you know, she, she big sugar daddies. Yeah, sugar daddy <laughs> clients. One more sale. Oh, not again. One more sale. Yeah. <laughs> she also has a massage parlor. Owns one or works in one? Both. She owns it. And she employs yeah. it. Yeah. Where's it at? Uh, what, what, what? Well, I mean, you got to talk to her about it. I don't want the place getting flooded with cops. It's the orchids of Asia. (laughs) The orchids of Asia. What? Is that why, by the way, that you bought property in Florida? Can't say. Okay. Now I'm on to something. Physically attractive, a 61-year-old Chinese woman. When when your eyes are closed, you know, listen, a hand is a hand, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. How does he know? Because I've been around the block. Okay, oh, okay. Don't act like you're innocent. I saw you in Mons Venus, so don't you sit there all, all innocent on me. Yeah, I tell you some stories about him at the at the Pervert. ATM. Willie, uh, you've Darvish up against Sonny Gray tonight as the Reds look to even their series up against Sports. those Cubs. Perf. How many games out of first? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, the Cubs are ten and two in May. How are the Reds doing against the NL Central? Uh, they're three and twelve. Well, maybe we could ask all the other teams just to stop playing for like three months. Three and twelve. <laughs> So, Seg, if you take away those nine losses, 
The Reds are in first place, correct? By half a game. You know what? You're going to say that all year long, and they're still going to end up where they're at. Take away the nine losses. They're going to have 95 losses. Well, take away the eight losses at the beginning of the year in April. They would have they would have been in still in last. They're place. still they're still in last still place. It. It's a hard it's a hard team to spin uh, to the positive, right? Well, they're on track to lose 94 games. Yeah, right. Well, we can well, always take eight away from there. Take eight away. Eight. It's, it's only 86. Well, listen, we're we're close. When's spring training? Or not? So I mean, February. I mean, not not spring training. Uh, How about summer camp? Summer camp. Yeah. When's that? When's that? Uh, Probably uh, they probably have a mini camp next month. Let's do it. But there you go. We got that to look forward to. And what about UCNX basketball? Got that to look forward to. Uh, November, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Okay. What the hell? Come on. Come on. Glass is half full. It's it's May (laughs) fifteenth. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, I'm with him now. The Reds are only the Reds are only eight and a half games out of first. Take away the eight losses beginning the season. Then what? They're in first place. A half a game out. Say. Take away the nine games, three and 12. They're in first place, right? That's right. Yes or no? Yeah. What's the exit velocity and the launch angle? That's what I care about. Analytics. Uh, Take away two kids. I don't have any child support. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Take away a couple of your guys over there. You got much of a show left? I have a better one. Much better. I'd get rid of Thomas if I were you. 100%. He's the He's the missing Out. link. Who? That's why I would go first. Yeah. Who, you rather, who, who do you want to see to go first on my show? Uh, I'd say Thomas. Thomas first. Yeah. Then meet. Then meet. Then Dubs. Dubs doesn't do. He doesn't talk that much. So I'll just. Dubs I'll is stay. an executive now. Yeah. I, I'd keep Rachel. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You want us to leave the room so you can be alone for a few minutes? They're together yeah. in the morning. Hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Uh, Five forty, Willie, with the uh, Multimeric Insight pitch, and then at Kelsey Chevrolet extra inning show after, after the, the game. game. You know, I do that in the car when I'm driving. I talk to the radio yeah. and do all that stuff after the, game. after the game. What's the analytics of the talk show? Give me the analytics of this talk all show. Lance. Analytics. I, I, I'd have to look at the uh, research. What's the exit velocity and what's the launch <laughs> angle of my talk show? Call Lance. How about four, how about five outfielders? Say, tell David Bell to put five outfielders out there. They might do it. You know, it's funny. It's, I didn't even know that they lost the game because I was listening to Seg's report this morning and the coach was talking about how he thought the team played well. And didn't something. David like, Bell say what a great game they yes. played? Yes! <laughs> we had a great game. They played hard. Couldn't hit the ball. Nonetheless. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah, well, I mean, I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. I thought he said that they fell. They lost. What is he proud of? Eight and a half out of first, and it's May 15th. Why don't you just come out and say, uh, eh, look, I still get a big paycheck whether we win or lose. Next question. Say they're on track to be 35 games out of first place come October 1st. 35 out. Yeah, but if you take well, away those 35. You'll be managing them. Well, I could. Believe me. I could hit that Hendricks guy. Next year, you'll be in a red uniform. I wouldn't use analytics. I know that. I wouldn't do that. You would just go pure talent. I go, I said, let's play ball. Yeah. Play ball, boys. Just like. Play the ball. Let's do go. your best. Thomas Funeral Home. And Deer Park Theater. Deer Park Theater. Wilson Freight Forwarding. Did, did uh, Deer Park Theater have a uh, slogan like uh, uh, the uh, Deer Park, uh, what was it, the Thomas Funeral Home was what? We will bury you. Did uh, Deer Park... Uh, Theater have a uh, yes. Matinees only thirty seven cents. Matinee's what about Wilson cents. Freight? We will get you there. Was the motto? We will get you there. Right, huh? That's good. It's good. Any other team? Uh, do you need to play for Bob Crable? The Crabs. What was that? Get a new shirt? No, get Crabs now. <laughs> was that on the back of it? Do you recall? 
Jeez. Op- the appetite suppressant named AIDS. Of course. A-Y-D-S. Yeah. And the motto was, get AIDS now. Yeah. What happened to that product? Uh, buy, buy our product. Those recalled. And you get what AIDS. <laughs> Order with that marketing genius. Get AIDS now. now. Well, I mean, that was before AIDS. This right. before some yeah, guy popped the monkey. before AIDS. Right. Good thing they didn't call it Pepsi or something. Right. Pepsi be yeah, out of right. business. Or Tylenol is out of business. They called it AIDS. Those old commercials are on YouTube. Get AIDS now. <laughs> oh, can't wait. <laughs> can you still get that? Uh, can you still buy that? Uh, I, I, I assume they're out of business. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I you can still that. get AIDS, but you can't buy the product. You can, you can buy. You can buy. You can buy AIDS. You can spend yeah. enough money. You'll get AIDS. Yeah. Just keep spending the money. There's guys out there, or people out there, I should say, that are called bug chasers. You know what those are? No. They go out on purpose and have unprotective sex. The thrill of catching AIDS, like the thrill of maybe catching AIDS. They're called bug chasers. Is this real? Yeah, write that down. They've been on your show? No, not yet. You want to get them on, though? I would love to talk to one. What goes through your mind for that thrill? I want to get AIDS. Or I, I, could I don't get understand. AIDS. I could get AIDS, yeah. That's the thrill right there. Yeah. Can't wait for that one. You're not going to play that game? No, I'm not going to play. I'm going to retire undefeated, untied, unscored on. I'm retired. <laughs> That's it. Nobody scored on you? No. It's like Deer Park basketball that one season last year. Yep. 29-0, undefeated, untied, unscored on. That's pretty good in basketball. Yeah. Did you get a ring for that? Yeah. I'll bring it in. Have you seen my ring? No. I got to bring it in. Uh, did, did they use it to fi- uh, to fix your heart? Say, do you want me to bring in the <laughs> ring right. again? Yeah, say, you might, you might want to check that doctor. You, you know where your ring is right now? Hopefully it's not in my aorta. Well, I was yep. going to say, you, it, that, he might have said, well, no cow. This, this will work well. with the ring. You know, I heard you almost died. Maybe I should bring you more cards. You got my cards? Yeah, I see them. It's like Christmas in here. Yeah, I'll bring more <laughs> cards in. What, are you jealous? <laughs> If I if if there was a threat of me dying, half it's, my listeners would show up and, very nice. and, and kink the tube just because I don't give away tickets to them. That's a cheap asses. Yeah, big right. time. I want to win tickets. Our listeners here aren't like that? that. No, I know you're not. EBN's they different. actually call and participate in the show. Which listeners use more drugs, EBN or 700, do you think? 700. They use the expensive stuff. Who has more and better sex? Uh, mm, that's tough. What's the political persuasion between the two? Uh, whatever they'll vote for, whoever gives them free stuff. Democrats, then. like the like the uh, uh, like my show, they call so in. If you run for office, they wouldn't. Democrats, they wouldn't vote for me. Now no. I have a pile Would of they tickets vote for in my Thomas studio. Or meat? Well, it depends if they got tickets. You got porn and tickets. Those are the your two currencies. Bingo <laughs> equals ratings. Yeah, no Bitcoin. No Bitcoin. <laughs> porn and tickets equals ratings. That's it. Sonic Temples this weekend in. Uh, that's a big concert festival. It used to be called Rock on the Range. That's sold out. Yeah. I heard it's sold out. It probably is. It's gigantic. It's a it's a huge, huge Where show. Where is it? It's in Columbus. Three days. Good weather this week. I know. Better than last week. And I'll be out there. You'll be there? Yep. I have an Airbnb. I'll be uh, spending the weekend out You're there. taking your wife with you? No. She's staying here. Mother-in-law's in town. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Who are you going with? I'm going to I'm gonna Rachel? do some bug chasing. You're no. Be chasing bugs. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, Rachel's out of town. You're going by yourself. Well, Meat will be there. Meat. With his wife, yes. She's a very attractive woman. All my friends' wives are going except for me. So I hope to get some shrapnel. What do you think, Willie? Good luck. Yeah, thanks. They have better judgment than that. Maybe Lisa Wells can go. I can massage her. She's on in about 15 minutes. God, I'll be in my talk office. about her naked. Yeah, I'll be in my office. She likes to get naked. The yeah, the door will be shut. Don't come knocking. If you see the, the office, office are rocking. Office are rocking. <laughs> That's right.
So Lisa Wells is going to talk about getting naked in massage parlors. Oh, God. And she's done that once or twice, I bet you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come to Chris's house of rubdowns. <laughs> that, that could go nationwide now. Well, that's either Lisa Chris's Allen or... house of rubdowns. Yes. I mean, you talking about marketing. Yep. You either got Lisa K. Allen. You either have Mike Allen. Okay. Or Gary Jeff Walker or Lisa Wells. Those oh, are your three choices. To rub down? Yes. You got Mike Allen. You got Gary Jeff Walker or Lisa Wells. Boy. You're, you're, you're thinking, aren't you? You didn't give me a quick answer, yeah, you did didn't you? Get a quick, it, It'd be Lisa Wells 100%. Who's second? Uh-oh. Who is it? Lisa Wells says, make sure Kid Chris is listening. Oh. Is there something going on between you two? Could be. Can't say. <laughs> Can't say. Look at him. Chris's house of rubdowns. <laughs> Brought to you by Lisa Three Wells. Lo- five <laughs> locations in the tri-state. And one Gary, near Gary you. Jeff Walker. Yeah. Come, yeah on in, come on in and get happy. He's a franchisee owner. He's <laughs> a, he, he has another one. Is he going to own one next to yeah. Newport? Huddle's house of hugs. <laughs> mm. Well, kid Chris, thank you for your involvement in this. Hey, you asked me to come in here, okay? I know. I did. I made a mistake. <laughs> Rachel's off for a couple days, so yeah. I wanted to have some comic relief and you did eat Sereno's the fine pizza yes I had open afternoon slices. evening and night yes bocce balls Sereno's salad you had some I had some if you eat you have to perform okay what did you say like a trained monkey yes yeah. out of the back throw some peanuts on the floor and watch him perform is Lisa on the phone yet she's coming and well oh. she's texting me she's waiting I'm waiting once to talk about you at 205 that's fine all right kid Chris thank you if she wants to use the phone in my office to call in, that'd be good. Was it 6686? Six, six, eight, six, uh... eight, eight, 8526. I don't know about that. that. No, that's it. That's my number at my office desk. That's good. You can hear it ringing now. It's ringing now. Lisa Wells, House of Massage. <clears throat> no, it's <clears throat> the House of Rubdowns. Rubdowns. Get Wait, it get, right, will you? You got to make it legitimate. Five locations massage. in the tri state. Yeah, one but near you have to you. be a licensed uh, massage therapist. <clears throat> so I can't use the word license. I can do rubdowns. There's no law against rubbing down. Can you rub down somebody without a license? Yeah, why not? If they give you the permission. So if they're there to, to rub yeah. you down. Yeah. There's places in New York City that you pay and they'll just cuddle with you. Cuddle? You yeah. You've been there a couple no, of No, no, no. I read Thomas about it in know? your post. Thomas knows all this, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He He'll does be the it. brains behind the brawn. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a big brawn head. Say, so get me out of the Stooge Report. we got Lisa Wells coming up in 10 minutes. Mm. This should be hot. She's got a full sweater, too. Willie, in honor of uh, an overcast day here at a tri-state, but a nice one. And Lisa Wells coming up. Live. To melt your radio. Live. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Thomas is a little gassy, and that's a little weird. Is that true in the mornings at EBN? Well, not when Rachel's around. uh, He holds it. Everybody holds it. And then when she leaves, uh, which is about quarter to ten or so, yeah, it's bad. It's a fart fest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get Uh, open at the Thomas will peel the the wallpaper right right off the walls. I noticed your uh, sign out there across the hallway is a little dented. Is that why, too? My my metal sign is? The force of the, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Blowout. Say, get me out of the Stooge Report. You just did. did. You did? Let's continue. After the game. Thanks for listening. Lisa Wells coming up. Most of what you say is irrelevant. Thank you. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham. Lisa Wells is next.
700 WLW. And the twists and turns of Robert Kraft with a massage parlor has more twists and turns and a, a jar filled with worms. And right now it appears the case is blown up, which is more or less <laughs> about a month ago what Lisa Wells said would happen. And it seemingly is occurring as we speak. Lisa Wells, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Lisa, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. About a month or two ago, I had you on to talk about Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, who found himself... About eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning in a massage parlor operated by some Chinese uh, women of Chinese extract, because they're American citizens. And uh, you made the point early on, this case would never go to trial. It's going to fall apart. Now the judge has, has excluded all the evidence and the video from trial. Why did you know that was going to happen? Because it was so offensive. It was so invasive. I mean, like I said, I've, I've gone to, <laughs> I almost said massage parlors. <laughs> huh? I'm done. I met Mitchell's is what I said. So I've gone to Mitchell's and gotten a massage before. And it's kind of it's like, I don't want to say like an intimate, but it's serene music. There's candles. Um, (laughs) It's not, it's, it's, it's very private. It's almost intimate. I would, I, you know, typically would take everything off except my underwear. Um, And I think most women would do that. And you change right there. Um, well, actually, you know, in Mitchell's and places like that, you would change in a locker room and you just have a robe on when you come in. So you come into the room and you've got a robe and you, you take your robe off and everything else is, I mean, there's lots of people that get down to their underwear. Yes. So the idea, and they knock on the door before they come in. So it, it's meant to be private and, and the lights are down. And it's, it's just the idea that American citizens could have that type of conduct videotaped and surveillance just just wholly done by a warrant that was so insufficient to begin with. It's like the basic tenets of the invasion of your privacy, right? It's, it's why even with a wiretap, you can't just listen to every single phone call. No. You can't just have surveillance in every single room to watch people disrobe. It, it's so offensive, and I think the judge was scathing, I think is a good word for it. Yeah, scathing. It's, it's such an invasion. And what the police did, because let's say you know there's drugs in 10 houses, and you can't get a search warrant for all 10 houses, nine of whom are innocent, in order to maybe find the one dirty house. You, that's illegal. So in this case, the police suspected human trafficking, and that fell apart almost immediately. Even How, how about the FBI and, and, the, and the Florida State Patrol and the and local Jupiter Police Department holding a, a Punch and Judy news conference with all the bells and whistles talking about human trafficking and the evils of having these young girls come from China or Malaysia or Philippines and forced to work in a, a really a brothel with a hot plate and a microwave and a mattress on the floor. That That's the picture they painted. And when this happened, I said, oh, my God, the FBI would not put its credibility on the line to say these things unless it was yeah. true. And if it's true, they must have the video. They must have the, the pictures. They got to have the, the microwave. They got 
you know, these young girls, I'm waiting to see 14 to 18-year-old girls being paraded. It turned out to be women that were 54 and 61 yeah. years old who are American citizens living in Florida of Chinese extract. And then we find out that they uh, they had a uh, fake bomb threat, which I thought is kind of like a negative deal, right? You shouldn't call in a fake bomb threat. Well, the police called in their own fake bomb threat to evacuate the strip mall to get all the stores, all the customers, all the employees out under the ruse of putting video cameras in these massage rooms. I said, that doesn't seem right. That's wrong. To, and what a, would happen? A, a bomb threat. What would happen if somebody had had a heart attack or somebody had been injured on the way out and their, you know, in their attempt to, to leave the premises under the idea that there was a bomb threat? It just makes the government, it makes the police, it makes them look dirty. And they were, and they acted that way. And now they got called on it. And, you know, I think it happens more often than we even know about. Yeah. But things like this with the FBI being involved, you know, and, and it didn't <laughs> – you know, you hold a press conference. It's, like I like to say in Warren County, it's with Hornstone, his idea of holding the press conference with um, the Carlisle girl um, and the idea of that with the baby being burned. It was so offensive, and it was so not true, right? So it's like you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. And the, the idea that you would hold a press conference and talk about this case and, and uh, parade craft out there, you just had to know this was going to blow up. Right. Because as soon as I heard about it, I thought, well, first of all, why do you have surveillance in the massage rooms? OK, if the idea it is human trafficking and I OK, ideally you would be looking for conduct of minor girls that have to right. do these sex acts within the massage right. rooms. I get that part. OK, but really what they were looking for was the exchange of money that would have occurred there for tax evasion purposes, because if you're looking for a hot plate. If you're looking for girls sleeping on a mattress, it's not going to be in those massage rooms. That's not where it would happen. So it, it was it was all the ruse. That's the good word for it. It was all a big ruse. And Why? I do think it was for tax evasion purposes, and Kraft got caught up in, in this big thing. And, and I think the prosecutors were absolute morons to handle it the way they did. And I, I, I'm amazed. Maybe, I don't know, Jupiter Police, I'm sure you don't know, but I have... A lot of respect for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., the, the G-Men. This is the premier law enforcement agency in the world. You would think they would not put their credibility on the line with a fake bomb threat, human trafficking that does not occur, and the invasion of privacy of really up to 100 mainly women, but also some men who so-called got legitimate massages, who now have a multimillion-dollar yeah. lawsuit against Jupiter police, the FBI, and all kinds of other people. You would think they would say, wait a minute, we're not going to put our name on this one. You know, you would think, but keep in mind, it's task forced a lot. So, like, the DEA has task force. A bunch of uh, local police end up being on task force associated with our FBI and our DEA. So when you think about it, some of those task forces are much less with the FBI. You see this frequently with, like, drug strike forces and with um, the DEA, much less with the FBI. Usually FBI agents, FBI agents, much, much higher standards, right? It, it, it's, it's surprising that they got themselves caught up in this. It's, it's even more surprising that anybody signed off on that warrant. How about that? Right? Explain how that happens to the American people. Let's say the police go to a municipal court judge, a low-level judge, and says, hey, we need a warrant uh, in order to surveil. What goes through in that process to begin with? So, they, so somebody 
has to attest. So someone who has personal knowledge of what they believe to be, in this case, human trafficking. And so they have to attest and sign off on. It's usually a pretty lengthy warrant. And I don't know, and I would hope for the American people and myself who's gotten a massage at Mitchell's, that this couldn't happen anywhere locally. Um, so they, what they say is, you know, I have personal knowledge that, uh, that there is human trafficking going on within this place. This is how I gained that knowledge. And it needs to be credible, right? There needs to be competent evidence and a belief that this surveillance is going to, first of all, you have to say that this is, this is the least, um, Basically, it's the best way to guarantee that we're going to catch this, and it's not going to overly invade an individual's privacy. And But it was weak. I mean, it, there never should have been a warrant, as far as I can tell, and I hope there's never been a warrant signed like this by any judge no. anywhere ever again, because the strength of the evidence just wasn't there. I mean, there wasn't anything compelling. There wasn't an affiant. There wasn't, a, you know, a human trafficking victim that said that she worked there and she'd been subjected to the to, you know, these types of conditions. There just wasn't enough. And then the problem is the scope of it, right? So, you know, with a wiretap, this is the closest thing I can analogize it to. So if you get a wiretap for someone's phone, you can't simply record every conversation no. the person has. No. There's a time. So basically, if you're on the phone and you get a call from your kid, okay, if my phone's wiretapped, I get a call from my eight-year-old son, Brayden. <laughs> we start talking. If, if it's, and I can't remember if it's 20 seconds, 30 seconds, but if we're not talking about drug dealing at that point, they have to discontinue the wiretap. The problem, one of the many problems, with using the ongoing surveillance of the massage rooms was that there was no way to turn them off. So they weren't being they weren't being constantly – they might have been constantly monitored, but there was no way if a legitimate massage was going on that they would discontinue that. And quite frankly, it wouldn't matter because the invasion of privacy happens immediately. When, right. I walk into, when I walk into a room to get a massage, I'm usually already in a robe. The robe is what I'm taking off, right? And there are some so, women, according to Judge Hanser's ruling, he, he found that it was – uh, it was completely normal for male and female massage customers to walk into the to the videotaped rooms and disrobe completely. And the videotape was available for the police department to view. He found this to be invasive, voyeuristic, and gross. <laughs> it is. It is. And the problem, and, and honestly, the difference is, so let's just say that they had a good faith basis to believe that there was legitimate trafficking going on. That's not going to happen within the first few minutes of a massage. So, and, and typically, even if you believe that Kraft did this, that didn't happen at the beginning of his massage. So you're going to capture and you're going to invade the privacy of a ton of people to capture perhaps some evidence of, and what I really think it was, some evidence of exchange of cash for, for illegal services. I think that's all they cared about. The idea that this is human trafficking, I've, I've been to Florida. I've worked on a case very similar to this. I've been to Fort Lauderdale. I've sat in the United States Attorney's Office, and I've, I've, I've listened to a very detailed investigation of uh, selling women basically for sex. And what they were most concerned about was money, was tax evasion. So, yeah. I mean, the idea is that's what they want. I mean, and this is a huge, very profitable um, industry in Florida, best way to describe it. It's so different from Cincinnati. I, I don't know if you've – I mean, I, I grew up in Tampa, so for the first – and I want to say grew up, that's 
probably until I was four. So that's, that's not a real good way to describe it. But I've, it's very different. And, and the, and the other thing it. Judge Hansler found objectionable is that they were watching in real time the videotaping of these men, and they didn't know who they were. And so what they would do is surveil them coming out of the spa. They would then follow them for a while, and under another ruse, they would pull them Stop. over for some sort of quote, minor traffic violations, such as hitting the center line with the front wheel of your car to find out who they were. They didn't know who right. they were. And so th- this was, again, a stop without, uh, be, w- with, without a warrant, also one in which there was no criminal violation or traffic violation occurring. He said that's also wrong to do. And so uh, as far it's as the, the intent, it's, the, it's their intent. So their intent is to identify the individual. I always laugh when I have a client, not laugh, it's not funny, but if you have a client, you know, that you were just doing a drug deal exchange and then you get stopped by the police and uh, they don't cite you for a minor traffic violation. Well, they're just trying to identify you. Now, why are they trying to identify you? They're trying to identify you because they want you to end up being indebted to them. So basically, if they've caught you doing something, you're in the massage parlor, you're doing something wrong, they want to be able to use you later. So they want to make sure they've got the right person. Right. Say you gave, you gave the woman $40 in order for, for some sort of illegal act. Well, they want to make sure that they can get your identity down because they don't know who you are. And then really what they want to know is, well, how many times have you done that before? Because how much money is being exchanged? And how much money can we take from them? Right. And, but and- it's, it's the intent. It's It's just... It looks bad, but I'm telling you that that portion of what we just talked about happens every day in every law enforcement community. Well, as far as Kraft, who wants to watch Robert Kraft naked partaking no in one. sexual acts? And right now, I guess it's being marketed. Uh, TMZ and others are negotiating a price. And the real cost to Robert Kraft will be his reputation. The real cost sure. will be maybe being embarrassed in front of his grandchildren and, and his family. That's the real issue. Do you know what the funny thing is? Um, and maybe it's because I'm liberal. I don't. I don't really care. I don't care if he went into a massage parlor and he traded forty bucks for that. What business is it of mine? I know the NFL is going to. I mean, the oh. NFL has already taken the hit that he's going to take, right? right? But honestly, what is? If anybody took a credibility hit. It's the Jupiter police, and it's the FBI, and it's the people that were involved in this, and it's kind of shocking. I mean, I see everyday things that I'm like, huh, that's kind of questionable. If the American public knew about that, that would not be great. But when you and I talked about this, I thought, you know what? If I could potentially have been one of those people that they saw naked, I would sue them so bad because they knew it. They knew they were going to see people like me who were doing nothing wrong, and I'm telling you, I always think that uh, I think Kraft got caught up in this unintentionally. I don't for the life of me understand why people really care about what happens, what what Kraft did. And I, I don't. Like, assuming it's true, I don't get it. Like, these are 50- and 60-year-old women. They're not being subjected to uh, – no. no. <laughs> they're, no. they're not doing this based on undue pressure or influence no. being a minor. But he's gonna he's taken the hit. But I think if people really thought about it in the grand scheme of things, uh, the FBI, the people involved in this, they should be taking the hit. And I said originally, I think months ago, that the video is coming out. It's There's coming no out. I, I guess I'll have to watch it. It'll my... be my. And, and the other thing, the judge Hansler in his order found that the majority of customers at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida, were female. And the police mm-hmm. knew the majority of the customers were female. So if mm-hmm. they knew that going in, 
this isn't a place human trafficking is taking place. There may be minor acts of prostitution, but it's not set up for that purpose if most of the customers are female that the cops are looking at naked. Well, what are you saying, that women don't want to have sexual acts for cash with other women? That seems a bit presumptive. I don't think many women go to get a massage <laughs> thinking about a sex act with some woman. Am I wrong? Wait a minute. You, you do this. No. I, I'm not a woman-type person. I don't think women do that. Do women ever do that? I'm teasing. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, Tell me I'm women don't certain, do that. I'm certain that there are some women that do. I'm not really? one of them. I just, thought, I just thought what you said was kind of funny. Well, women don't go to a massage parlor to have sex. Uh, I think maybe a certain percentage of men, 10, 20, 30 percent do it. And it happens right. It's happened in Loveland. Had another one in Milford that was arrested. It happens. But if it occurs, it's not like a federal case. The FBI doesn't have a big national news conference. (laughs) You know, I always think that anytime somebody has a news conference like that, a national news conference, you always wonder what's what's under the sheets, like what's going on. What's happening? They, They wanted to get Robert Kraft is what it was. Well, they want and they want to get ahead of the story because once the defense attorneys find out and they hold a press conference, it's too late. So you know they want to they wanted to embarrass Robert Kraft in order not to. They thought maybe they could shut this down, but that's the that's the oh, I don't want to say ignorance, arrogance, arrogance probably is a better way to describe it. Somebody like Robert Kraft can't be shut down. No, okay. no, he can't. Well, he, 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 I think he's in trouble no matter what. You know, the, the Patriots are hated. You know, no right. one roots for Goliath. It's right. Tom Brady, it's Giselle on the walk in Brazil, it's Robert right. Kraft, it's right. all that. We got Robert Kraft, January 19th, January 20th, we got this guy, let's pull him over in his Bentley, let's make sure it's him, get his driver's right. license, we got him. Well, Lisa Wells, we got to go, but you were right a month or two ago, and you, may be, <laughs> you might be right again one or, other two, one or two other times this year. In my life. <laughs> Lisa Wells, but don't go to any more massage parlors expecting any special services. I will not. Lisa Wells, you're a great one. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, that's Lisa Wells, criminal defense attorney. Let's continue with more on news and more at the bottom on News Radio 700. W- RDI. Yeah, I think we need to come up with something because it seems like, you know, your brains, my hands, something, something should come of that. Hello. 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 Oh, oh. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, boy, you bonehead. Well, said Rachel's off for two or three days. We got Kid Chris to take her place. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> it's very sad. Can we talk I about want another update on the Chris's House of Rubdowns? What about the House of Rubdowns? You and Lisa Wells. She talked about it a little bit. All right. Well, listening to Lisa, uh, I um, we'll just say I got really, really tensed up for a little while. Now I'm really relaxed. So now you're good. It was good. a nice time in my office. You're too. good. Had a little cigarette, the whole deal, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Lisa. Yeah, me and Lisa. Honesty so, is the best policy. If the girl tells you she doesn't want to have sex, tell her you are going to get her a drink, slip some rupees in it, and you'll have her in bed in no time. That's advice from the oh, love, Lisa Wells. Yeah. Good advice. Yes. Now, I'm not sure that's correct. Not with her. Not with her. <laughs> but that's Lisa Wells. Segman, have you spoken to David Bell about the analytics of last night? <laughs> Did you tell me the analytics? There's there's more movement on the Reds infield and outfield, Willie, than the than the um, looks than like the Bengals softball. had with Sam Weiss was coaching. How about softball? The Coors All Stars used to have four outfielders. That was softball. Yeah. The the decision of David Bell to use analytics cost him the game. I don't know, Willie. I don't get it. I don't understand it, and I don't get it. How, how, how long is this rebuilding going to be? 
through the end of this century. Okay. They're still rebuilding. <laughs> All right. They've been rebuilding since 2012. It's slow. Very slow. Yeah, yeah. Now we're 2019. The pyramids went up quicker. And we lose eight players next year off this I team. I think the so. city just wants a, I mean, just somebody to finish over 500. Give me a win. What other city has season. a last place football team, yeah. last place baseball team, last place soccer team? What other city has that? Oh, we have a hockey team. They don't count. I know. No one knows who they are. They don't play. And at least got UC and Xavier in March Madness. They always do well. Right, but those aren't high-dollar players. Not really. Segment, <laughs> have you spoken to David Bell? Uh, I say hello to him, Willie, and uh, we don't talk analytics too much. Okay. What about exit velocity and launch angles? Do you talk about that? Uh, why don't you get Lance on the line? Does he bring a chiral or a uh, – uh, oh, forget it. I don't know how to say What? It. Yeah, exactly. What? I screwed it up. Say, so give me some sports and make it fast. Willie, uh, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Protractor. Heating and air conditioning dealers. <laughs> Tempstar. Quality you can feel. That was what in his back pocket. I was trying to protract. Yeah, I was trying to think of that word. In uh, Western <laughs> Hills, call Durbin Heating and Cooling at 598-8449 or go to DurbinHeatingandCooling.com. Sports! I do that in a car, too, when I'm driving. Dot com. Dot com. I talk along. You Darvish and uh, Sonny Gray tonight, Willie. No, okay. uh, Sonny Gray's look get his ninth no. try no. to get his first win with the Reds. How many wins does he have this year so far? Oh, and four. Right. It's got to really pump up a guy's ego when they're driving, listening to this on their way to the, the ball field. And you think a lot of people say you see the Kel- Kelsey Chevrolet extra inning show after the game? Well, no, but I'm saying like when you're listening, you're the player, you're going to the field, and all of a sudden your name gets said. And you go, "Oh, cool, they're saying stuff about me on the radio." And then Willie goes, "Oh God, <laughs> that's got to make you feel fired up for the game." How many games has he won so far this year? Uh, he's zero and four. <laughs> the answer would be zero. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you take away four, that's take right. Take away four and make it all the other. Go from four well, to one, look four at wins. He'd be four and oh. The Reds are two and six in his, in, his, in his starts. Two and six. So there you go. So of the eight times he's started the game, the Reds have won two of eight. Well, what happens? You're if, trying to say that's good? What happens if they win four, four games out of that? What happens if you take away the eight losses to begin the season? Not good. What if you take away the three and 12 record against the Central Division? They'd be in first place. That's nine, Which right? Take out all the, uh, the, the the traveling out west. Take that away. How about Monterey, Mexico, Mexico? Yeah. How'd that go? What a waste. Seg, I'm telling you right now, you need new math in order to justify the red success. New math. Can we just sell them to another city? No. <laughs> I want to revel in their inability to win baseball games. I want to. I love the incompetence. I want to roll in it because I deserve. Can it. we just call them the Hamilton Reds and ignore them? Seg. Uh, coverage begins at 5.40 with a Mulch America inside pitch and then that Kelsey Chevrolet extra inning show after, after the game. game. Yeah. Everyone says that. Yeah. Seg, yep. last last night the game was like two hours and 25, 30 minutes. Correct. So we had like three hours of analyzation of the analytics, the Correct. launch angle, the exit velocity, right. and the positioning. Yep. Th- tonight, will anything change? The, I don't the, think, well, hopefully the Reds will win. The pitcher for the Cubs did better hitting than the Reds hitters did. That is for, correct. <laughs> he went three for four. The, the, the Reds had a total of three hits. The pitcher for the Cubs had three hits. Right. He knocked in two runs. Knocked in two runs. That's just because he wanted to play one. He was like, okay, can I take a shot at it? And Hendricks, I could hit that guy. He doesn't look very good, Seg. Well, he threw a shutout about a week ago, Willie, on 81 pitches. And then against the Reds, he looked like Cy Young last night. 
So, but tonight's different, Currently, right? don't they all? They have better analytics. Analytics. Can Tonight, you talk... I think the analytics will be better for Sonny Gray. Would you ask Dave Bell if he wants me to come down and meet with him? Okay. Ask him if he needs me. Okay. Because obviously, he's overthinking this thing. Yeah, and if he's listening right now, I'm sure he's really uh, excited, excited to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I taught him how to hit when he was a kid. Did you? Good for you. I went to his house in Indian Hill, and did I pitched Did you talk him. launch angle and yes, edge velocity back then? Yes, I did. Oh, you did? Uh, I began Me? <laughs> Was it Dick James or Sonny James? I think me and Dick Southern James. Gentleman? Yeah. He was Sonny a good singer. Well, what's on the blog, Kid Chris? Uh, uh, let me look. <laughs> Take a look. Lisa Wells. Lisa Wells and Lisa Wells. Yeah, is Lisa Wells going to be on? Uh, what do you got you to get her in the studio again. I miss her around here. I know. Uh, I had on a uh, picture of she the, do every, the president putting the American Freedom Medal around the neck of Tiger Woods. Yes. And the CNN caption was, Trump strangles a black man. Nice. CNN. Well, you know, I'm friends with Juliet Huddy. From oh, yes. Fox. yes. Oh, yes. And uh, CNN put out a story about how they're making that Roger Ailes right. movie or whatever. Yeah. And it said in the story that she was one of the people that complained that he was harassing her. And it wasn't true. That's she not never, true. She, it, it, he was a family friend of theirs. It was Gretchen Carlson. Yeah. And Lori Dew, I think. She used was, to be on Channel 9. Lori Dew Dew. Segman, get me out of the Stooge Report. Don't you want to know what's on your own blog? No. We got oh. Judge Nadal coming up. That's right, Bill. Go ahead, Segman. Well, Lisa Wells to Judge Nadal. That's action. Live action. I love that Lisa Wells. Willie, in honor of the Reds and Cubs tonight. Can the Please. guys in red do it? Win a game, eight and a half out. We leave you with the immortal words of, of the, the Stooge, Stooge Report. Report. I think every girl has probably kissed one of her girlfriends before in some sort of drunken incident. So oh, yeah. I will admit to that. I'll claim first base. So you've drunk you in a drunken incident, you kissed a woman. I'll claim first base. How about second? I'm not going to claim anything past first base. <laughs> oh boy, I'd really love to watch that, Willie. Continuing, Judge Nadal on 700 WLW.